Zoolite.space is a radio drama, monologues, and stories for the modern listener. Tonight, on Zoolite.space, Sam Cross joins us to talk college basketball. Sam, welcome back. How you doing? Now, college basketball, I think people are going to think that's a little off-brand for this show. I don't know why they would think that necessarily, but... You think people have to listen to it to think that? Yeah, I just feel like <laughs> at the end of the day when you burp into the microphones, yeah. <laughs> you know, they just assume. Um, no, I just... Uh, I, I feel like they... Uh, might jump to the conclusion that some of your interests might lie there. Well, so I want to know where you want to start because, and I'll tell you why, there's there's an impetus for tonight. Let me back up for a second. So Sam Cross, as you will remember from the episode where he read The Flood and Bargain Hunters, and then an episode where he read a poem about John Wayne, and I had to read John Wayne quotes, which was really uncomfortable because, you told me about that. yeah, because yeah. I don't, what I wanted to do was have a voiceover that says like, these are not my thoughts, <laughs> you know, like right. over every single line, because I'm talking about colors and like, it yeah. was pretty. Well, there's no way in radio of having that little disclaimer running at the bottom of the screen. Right. Uh, that explains to everybody that this is not me. Yeah. My worry was people would turn it on like midway through and be like, he's lost his mind. He's a Nazi it's the beauty now. Of a, it's the beauty of a podcast. So in theory, they won't turn it on in the middle of it. So well, that's true. So yeah. So Sam Cross is, uh, a friend of ours here and he is a poet and so that is you know typically when we have a Sam Cross episode you can expect a piece of beautiful poetry and we're going to get that tonight so the the setup here is we're going to talk about college basketball because the poem which we'll get into how we're going to present that because that's going to be kind of interesting is about college basketball and, and something very specific but also today that we're recording this uh Friday the 13th Big college basketball news has come out. That October. Friday. October, Friday the 13th, which is important uh, to me and, and maybe funny to you. So where do you want to start? Should we go in, lead with the poem or should well, we talk about today's news? You have already led, I feel like, with today's news, and therefore you ought to go ahead okay. and, uh, and blow the trumpet. All right, here's some background for people who don't follow this stuff. The University of North Carolina, for a period of about 18 years... At least. At least. That, that we know of. <laughs> set up um, paper classes. You had to write a 20-page paper in the class. And um, you didn't actually have to even do that. A tutor could do it for you. Yeah, and you didn't have to show up. Right, there was no showing up. And the basketball players took the class. There were no tests. It was designed, um, probably, this is the cynic in me, is right. the cynic in me. I, I assume that it was designed to uh, to funnel athletes through such that their uh, GPAs were maintained at a certain level, et cetera, et cetera. Well, today, after a three-year investigation, the NCAA came to the opposite conclusion and, and said that they were not, there was no evidence. Hard that, to call it opposite. 
They said there was no evidence that the classes were designed specifically for student athletes, and therefore it was an academic issue, and they had no purview over that. Right. And the catch kind of is... Seems a scance, not necessarily like <laughs> opposing. I, <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Sorry, I, I keep interrupting. Well, no, no, it's fine. I think you should interrupt. The catch, I think, is non-student athletes could take and did take the classes. So that was how they got away with it. Like, if it was all basketball players, then it would be, you know, obvious. But since some regulars took it, right? I guess they got away with it. Anyway, so that was big news today after three years of the investigation. And Sam is an NC State alum, double double major, or a regular major in Master. the Masters. Right, yeah. double whatever, two degrees in, in poetry. All right. Come on, man. <laughs> Just like fucking punch him in the stomach with that shit. <laughs> so, NC State fans, this was their biggest day in like 30 years. It was not for a, a normal NC State fan, but it was for uh, the witch hunt NC State fans who wanted a head on a stick. And at the end of the day... Um, a reasonable person would have, I think, surmised from the situation as long as it took and as reasonable a legal argument, I think, as Carolina had in the face of a powerless NCAA, a reasonable state fan would have said they're probably not going to get anything. And you were not, and to your credit, when I talked to you about it today, you were not surprised. Right. I was surprised. As a Carolina fan, I thought we were going to get some significant penalties. Because I don't think you're allowed to have fake classes. <laughs> yes, you are, though. But, okay, like, okay. You very right. much can. All right, I just figured, but I was, I was, obviously I was wrong about that. Um, but the, the, the kind of irony or the fact that God or NCAA trolls NC State fans is as we're watching Clemson get upset tonight by Syracuse in football, on the bottom line of the scroll on ESPN is news item that an NC State transfer was declared ineligible. Why was he declared ineligible? He was declared ineligible because apparently he took a summer school class at the school he was transferring from. So uh, a legitimate class. <laughs> a real class. During summer school, right before he was going to transfer, he just wanted to get that last little bit of instruction in and get some credit going into his new university. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that's, not how this, that's not how this works. Fake classes, totally fine. Right. Taking a class in the summer towards your fucking degree... Uh, He's out. Yeah, you're gone for a year. And on the same day. And I'll also mention it's 11 p.m. right now. In an hour at midnight is Late Night with Roy at Carolina, where they will hang the banner for the 2017 National Championship. (laughs) So that's just, that's the breaking news section. We don't, you know, we don't need to get more into that, right? I mean, do you want to? What what else is there to say? I just, it's the Carolina way. (laughs) It is. It is. It's, um... And there's there's nothing wrong with that in any way. It's the NCAA way. It's the way. That's what it is. It's the way. And that's all right. So this is a good seg that'll lead more towards where the impetus for tonight comes from, which is there was another college basketball scandal. 
um, that broke two weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. And, of course, it was not the feckless NCAA. It was the FBI, actually, that, like, arrested people on criminal charges because these Adidas schools, which were, I think, Arizona, Louisville, Miami, Oklahoma, Auburn, uh, got caught paying players, you know, to come there, which we can't have these young men with extreme talent be paid for their services. Like, because <laughs> yeah, they're only earning the schools. Right, right, right. They can't like so actually money. make money off of their likeness or anything. So, um, yeah, one of those schools is Louisville. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how concerned I really am with what uh, with what Louisville necessarily did uh, to earn, you know, Patino's right now, whatever you want to call it, suspension. Is that what he's under? Probably uh, just for legal. Uh, well, because he know, makes like a hundred million. Eventual firing. Uh, because you know, he makes like a hundred million dollars. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not. Uh, he's not going to uh, go uh, quietly into that good night. Yeah, but. Um, but I wasn't so concerned when I was uh, when I when I heard this. It made me think about Patino uh, a lot, and I uh, Rick Patino. I, I kind of got. At Louisville. I kind of started uh, digging into his past a little bit, and and started looking into uh, one of his other more famous possibly uh, uh, controversies, which occurred uh, a few years ago, where he was uh, he. Got a uh, a young lady, not young, not young. We should we should almost start this over. I got to think about my, uh, my think about yourself. My narrative. Well, let me let me hit it in second. the middle then, and and go back a second to another Patino scandal. So Rick Patino, head didn't coach, segue that very well. I'm that's sorry, okay. But. There's no you don't need to seg. I'm not cutting. So <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> So, well, let's back up to where a few, uh, even less than, uh, you know, two years ago, there was a scandal where Louisville was providing prostitutes for their players. Sure. Yeah. And so they did a one-year postseason ban because that, again, you can't. Right. And I think. So I'm even going even farther. You're going farther. But before we go into that, we're both in agreement that college basketball players should be paid. Right? I mean, if they can be paid. Uh, of course. And wouldn't the it's best setup ridiculous. be to have the shoe companies actually pay them? Like, if They're being manipulated. Like, I, I just don't. I don't even think the school has the to current. pay them, though. Like, I think that you could just sign with Nike or you could sign with Reebok, any sort of sponsorship, and you should be able to get that money. Well, to an extent, but then there's a lot of kids, I uh, feel like, that, uh, you know, aren't going to get those shoe contracts that really deserve to be paid too. I don't know. I mean, that's where I, I kind of actually buy the whole like a scholarship is some sort of, you know, form of payment. If you're good enough to get a sponsorship, then you should be able to get that money. But if not, then the scholarship probably does, right? I, that's an interesting thought. I don't know. I mean, it, my instinct is a little more communist, I guess, yeah. but um but yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. Okay, so even further back than Louisville getting in trouble for providing prostitutes, and even further back than Louisville paying players, which is how Rick Pitino got fired, Rick Pitino looks like a skeezy, like, coked-up Al Pacino? Yes. Okay. Rick Pitino looks like a skeezy, coked-up Al Pacino. Shorter. The moment you see him, you're just thinking, like, 
A, what Somehow. disgusting sex shit is he into? Yeah. Because you, you realize he's into some dirty, dirty stuff. Like a Republican congressman from Ohio type shit. And then the next thing you're thinking is that he's doing something sleazy. So we go further back, and, and what, what did you dig up? Well, I, you know, I didn't dig it up. It was, uh, in, in some ways, I mean, it was a pretty public um, situation for him. Um, I don't remember it. But uh, in any case, uh, in, in, I believe it was 2003, uh, he had an encounter with a, uh, with a woman at a, uh, a Louisville restaurant called uh, Porcini. And <laughs> so a shitty Italian restaurant. <laughs> well, it, it's pretty expensive, but oh, but, um, but probably. But, but yeah, who knows? I mean, his his food was free. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you know, like I mean, it might not have been shitty food. I don't know. But um, in any case, uh, he wasn't paying. And so he's at the restaurant, and the story goes, uh, and by the story, I mean you know uh, testimony from. Rick Pitino, uh, Karen Cipher, and you know the the, the sort of uh, narrative that we've seen to this point—the facts of the case, right—suggest uh, at least that um, these two, uh, uh, Karen Cipher and uh, and Rick Pitino, met at the bar. It was a uh, it was a nice night. Apparently, she um, she asked him to uh, take a picture. Okay. Uh, As you would with do. Him. Yeah. Right. You know, and uh, and they struck up conversation. Um, they conversed apparently deep into the night because at the bar. what? In, I have no idea whether it was at the bar or at a table, but at the end of the day, they. But at um, the establishment, they weren't in a right. hotel. They were at the establishment so long that the establishment actually like closes down, and they're the only people in there. Okay. Um, so, like, you got to imagine having worked at a restaurant. Like, yeah, yeah. If two if Rick Patino's in there, and you're like closing up and cleaning off the yeah, bar, and like putting everything washed. down, and he's like, he's like, he's like in the back corner there, like just kind of schmoozing. <laughs> this guy with, get the uh, fuck out of here. And if you've ever, yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> the you know Karen Cipher's about his age, really. Um, she's not like uh, some fan exactly. So that's like, not part not of the like, scandal. It's not an R. Kelly. Right. It's not like a weird sort of like uh, thing where he's you know trying to hook up with somebody he maybe wasn't supposed to exactly but but they end up there and um, and yeah they close down the restaurant uh, and apparently uh, she unzips his pants at one point Okay. and a sexual encounter occurs Okay, at the restaurant. At the restaurant. This is disgusting. And um, and according to Rick Pitino's uh, testimony, this sexual encounter lasted quote no more than fifteen seconds. (laughs) 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 And and so so specific on the time. no more. No, couldn't have possibly been more than 15 seconds. What can you do? So what happens thereafter is is crazy because, uh, so Karen, um, you know, undoubtedly gets a cab home or some such thing. Right. She calls up Patino uh, like a week or two later and tells him that uh, that she's pregnant. 
From 15 seconds? From 15 seconds. She's pregnant. And Rick Pitino um, gives her $3,000. <laughs> he what, for the, her, for the care of the baby? He gives her $3,000 <laughs> for um, her, her medical needs is what he said. Okay. And it ended up being an abortion. Right, because that was... Right. That's like, what Pitino he needed. He says it wasn't for an abortion. Just her uh, medical needs, whatever they might be. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so... He drops her $3,000, and he, she gets some game tickets, too, kind of halfway, uh, a little bit between there. It might have been more than a couple of weeks, I guess, before she actually dropped the bomb on him like that. Uh, is there any I think chance, she got the game tickets first, and then... Is there any chance when you're reading the stuff that it, and seriously on this, that it couldn't have been his? Because 15 seconds, how the hell are you... Well, Karen Seifer um, is really crazy because, uh, you know, she does this with patino whatever this is whatever 15 seconds after unzipping a pants can do <laughs> right um he pays for this um she then uh gets involved with his equipment manager tim cypher her name actually wasn't karen cypher when this happened with patino oh my god she got involved with uh tim cypher and they actually got married now, in Kim in uh, Kim Cipher's tell-all book, she says that um, this was a forced marriage arranged Holy by Patino. Holy shit! But that seems a little crazy considering yeah. that Karen Cipher has like a history of being like really involved with like all kinds of crazy eyes. Right. And yeah, so, yeah. like, it's just really I don't know. It's a it, it's. <laughs> Very bizarre, but while she's married to Tim Cipher, um, you know, they have a kid or two, okay. Um, you know, during this, and then I mean, you can't help it if you're around later, her for 15 seconds, you have a kid, yeah. They end up, um, I, I think they got divorced, and I think not so long, I'm not entirely sure about the timeline there, I might be wrong, but she then tries to sue, uh, or tries to, I'm sorry, extort uh, money from Patino. She get, she hires a guy, um, and by hires, I mean uh, pleasure sexually. Okay. A guy <laughs> to um, call Patino and leave messages on his phone that are threatening, that are saying, hey, I know about this situation with Karen. Um, you just need to make this right. You need to give her some money. Um, she needs X amount of money. And, of course, Patino, like, says, okay, voicemail, save. Yeah. And, like, uh, plays it for the police and then, like, brings a, an extortion case against uh, Karen Cipher. Uh, Karen Cipher then loses the extortion case and is sentenced to seven years in jail, which she just recently got out on. Uh, oh, my God. So, <laughs> in any case... Nobody comes out looking good here. <laughs> no, no. Maybe Tim? The ball boy? The ball boy, the ball boy, I think is like, like he was involved with Patino way back. Like they go back to like fucking like Providence or something. He was with, um, he was definitely with Patino at the Celtics. Yeah. Like before he went to Louisville, like and they've been involved for a long time. So he's definitely super close to him. It's just a, it's a, it's a crazy situation. I mean, <laughs> all right. So that is insane. Sanity, and I only knew like a quarter of it. Quite a bit of the time that you were telling the story, I wasn't talking because my mouth was just fucking agape. You wrote about this after doing your extensive research. 
Right, yeah, I, I, you know, I was doing my research in the morning and kind of looking up all this stuff, uh, and, and yeah, just kind of uh, thought that this whole situation to me, like, in the restaurant, seemed like the, uh, the most profoundly bizarre, enca- like, sexual encounter that I can imagine, like, so yeah. inc- impossibly awkward, Yeah. right? So, like, uh, I mean, you've got Rick Pitino, who's a... Uh, I mean, he's estimated at about forty million dollars. Yep. And you've got Karen Cipher, some sort of fan. Big fan. And and yeah, he just has some weird little like <laughs> trice. Little like, uh, what do you even what do you even call it when it happens that fast? I don't even know. Like you just have a little preemie there, like <laughs> like on the table at Porcini. It's like what? What? I mean, you have a little preemie on the table at Porcini, and then you get you get sued, extorted. <laughs> well, yeah, I shouldn't say sued. She yeah, marries you get extorted. Your ball boy. You, yeah, you pay her three thousand dollars for an abortion. She marries your ball boy. Like <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> And so we're gonna hear this piece tonight, but we're gonna hear it in an interesting way. How did you even stumble across this method of delivery? Well, uh, a couple years ago, I started doing this where, like, I would take um, a poem that I've written and uh, let Siri read it. Yeah. Um, because she. Now, do you use the female voice or the male voice? I use the female. Siri. I use the male. Yeah. But um, in any event, um, she reads it, and I feel like if uh, what she reads sounds like uh, a good poem, then I'm probably where I want to be. Right, yeah. So I don't do this with every poem, but I did it with this one, and it sounded uh, better than expected, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, uh, it was very entertaining, so, yeah. So what's the title of the poem that we're about to hear? Porcini's? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's um, uh, I've I've got to look at my phone, man. I'm okay. sorry. That's all right. Gotta... Prepare yourself. Because I had like four different titles for it. What did you and roll I forget through? Forget I mean, what I've, um, I settled on. I want to hear the process. What were some? Well, I gotta find my fifteen seconds of shame. Here. Where did it? Uh... Well, that's yours. This one's mine. Like a doll. Okay, so what is the name of the poem? Rick Pitino. On the night in question. Go ahead and read the one from October 5th. Your note from October 5th, 2017 called Rick Bettino on the night in question, says, You can't believe what you hear in the slackening jaws of nowhere. A cash register chirping up from the bathroom sink. A train chewing down your spine. A lamp muted under thin paws of mist. Children, up from their graves for a glass of water is all. Okay? It is at times an invitation that we cannot fit together. One minute you are part of a picture and a flash of diamonds that do not by accident dial a path across the bar, and you know that nothing can ever be your own. Another minute I speak as though I had two hands inside my head, this drink not going entirely down. Watch this by way Humphrey Bogart darts his eyes. Was this not one of those out-of-the-way spots you once found buried among the tattoos of some wrecked sailor? We should let them clean the bathrooms and get under our chairs for a minute. We should let them plod apologetically across the river and empty their bank accounts for a week of groceries. Whoever they are, they leave us disfigured and wobbling by candlelight, the bread they served perfect like medication. Success is a choice not unlike our age, our biology, 
You'll notice I am at increased risk of myocardial infarction, meaning, I know the moon is a battleground, and I saw the president of these United States pop like a blister out in Marlboro country. You are so soft it's going to hurt the whole commonwealth when I am not facing you, bleached and pimpling god. I miss mighty mouse, god. I feel like a flounder. How did we get here so fast, pearl pure heart, with no decent way of getting out? Isn't that the old time beauty of Kentucky? Here I come to save the day. They at least still have showers in this 21st century and aspirin, and no matter where you are, there is still nothing to do but talk until the place is empty, then pretend you care enough to rub one out on the table.